On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, after a seven-year pro career, Ethan Elias is giving back to the baseball community at many levels in and around the capital. Welcome to episode 159 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. There's a common theme that comes up when speaking with baseball mentors and coaches around Alberta. They believe the success they and others have, then bring back here, will give young athletes a roadmap to not only meet, but exceed that high watermark. And if that culture is built in, the domino effect should take hold. That's the mindset of Ethan Elias. He grew up all over the prairies, including Saskatoon, Pincher Creek, and the Evansburg-Edmonton area. A hard-throwing right-hander, Elias was an original member of the Prospects Academy, and after making appearances with Baseball Canada, was drafted by the Chicago Cubs in the 22nd round of the 2011 MLB Draft. He spent a couple of years in the Cubs system before he was picked up by the Arizona Diamondbacks and stayed with their minor league affiliates for a couple of more years before heading to independent ball. He then came back home to become the first head coach of the Edmonton Collegiate Baseball Club and has expanded his footprint in the Capital Region by being named pitching coach of the expansion Edmonton Riverhawks of the West Coast League and has joined old friend Taylor Burns as the associate pitching coordinator and co-head coach for the new Absolute Human Performance Baseball Academy. We talked about all of that and much, much more in this conversation. Ethan, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I want to go back to the very beginning with you on this one. Growing up in Western Canada, the Saskatoon area to start, and then moving all over Alberta, how is it that you discovered and then fell in love with the game of baseball? <laughs> well, it was really my dad. My dad uh, grew up and he was born and raised in uh, the Saskatchewan area, obviously down by Saskatoon there. Um, he never got to play baseball. So he always loved the game. He played slow pitch on the farm, never uh, never got to play organized sports like that. So he really pushed me towards playing baseball once we moved to Pincher Creek there. And then uh, from there, it kind of just took off, played. I was obsessed with the game, played catch with my dad every day. And, you know, it was kind of just a love of the game and kept going with it. Do you remember the moment where you realized that this was more than just a pipe dream or something fun that you could do and that maybe you had a shot at doing something here and taking it somewhere? Well, I was always pretty good at it, uh, playing on like the local Little League All-Star teams and stuff like that. But the the day that I kind of realized I was maybe a little bit better than just good at it was when I was playing uh, for Zone 1, the Sunny South. And we went up to Medicine Hat or went out to Medicine Hat and uh, hit 81 miles per hour in the big zone Alberta tournament. And uh, it was it was it was harder than most guys were throwing back then. And I was about 14 years old. So it was pretty cool to kind of see that and compare myself against the peers and kind of see that maybe it is a future I have. The scene back then isn't the same as it is now where you've got academies everywhere and you've got sort of this this groundswell of places and people and connections and that. And so how did you go about trying to, I guess I'll call it, make a name for yourself, but try to make it so that you could maybe catch some eyes and ears of people uh, that can maybe move your career forward? Well, it, it was a little bit unique in that aspect. I, uh, I didn't know college baseball was really a, a thing kind of going through it the whole time until I moved up to uh, Evansburg. Um, and even at that point, I just liked playing baseball and I was good at it. So I really wanted to play baseball. The dream always for me was to play hockey in the winter and the NHL and play in the MLB in the summer, which I'm sure every kid has. But uh, when I moved up to uh, St. Albert there, 
Um, I started, my dad did a bunch of research and he found out the, one of the, the good programs there was ran by Cam Houston. Um, so I went out and we met with Cam and he got us all set up with uh, the prospects there. And then I was actually on the inaugural team with them and kind of went through the whole, whole deal, the college baseball deal or the preparation of college baseball with Cam. And then at that point, I made a couple big velo jumps, and I was able to get uh, on Team Canada, Team Alberta, and essentially just get drafted from there. But uh, it was it was one of those things where I wasn't like 12 years old saying, I want to play college baseball. This is where I want to go. I just kind of – I love the game. I kept working really hard at it, and then it kind of just worked out for me. And then you get drafted, 22nd round, 2011, draft by the Cubs. Take us back to that time. Did you know that you were being scouted at the time? Did you know you were on anyone's radar to even get picked? Uh, yeah, so I, I had a really good feeling that I was going to get picked. Uh, I was told by uh, a lot of scouts. Um, when I was with Team Canada, I, I would stop and I would meet with almost all 30 teams, 20-some teams, um, and they were telling me different rounds I get taken in and trying to make pre-draft deals and stuff like that. Um, so I knew I was going that day. I kind of had a pre-draft thing set up with the Cubs. Um, it kept going either way. It's wishy-washy. Anybody that experiences the draft knows anything you hear is never true, 100%. Um, so it was, it was a bit of a stressful day, but uh, it worked out for me. Do you remember what went through your mind when you were finally picked by this storied franchise like the Cubs? I was, it was special, right? Uh, everybody dreams of playing professional baseball, especially if you love the game. Um, I, I was driving home from uh, from basketball practice, it must have been at that time. Um, but my dad called me and ended up telling me I was, I got taken. I kind of sat around the computer most of the day. I, I heard ra- uh, rumors. I was going a lot earlier than I ended up going, but then we ended up making a deal with my agent to get a little bit more compensation for it and I ended up falling a little bit. So I, I was, I was happy, but I was frustrated. And then obviously your name gets called and all that frustration goes away and you're just really, really happy that it happened. You mentioned provincial teams. You also mentioned the Baseball Canada team as well. What did it mean to you to, it's sort of that hockey analogy, but be able to put on the colors of your country or the colors of your province and represent them like you were able to do? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the most proud uh, baseball moments for me have always been always been when I represent Team Canada. Um, going out to Taiwan and playing on the senior team was one of the coolest moments of my life. Um, and then at a little bit of smaller of a stage, even the provincial stuff, right? Like you get picked to be on that team. You're one of the best 20 players in your, in your, uh, province there. It's special. Um, and then it's just amplified so much more when you go to the JNT or to, uh, the senior national team stuff, but it, it, it really is an honor. I was very lucky to do that. You spent a few years in the Cubs system, went over to Arizona for a little bit before a couple of years in Indy ball. What was that minor league experience like for you? Oh, it was the best, right? I, I don't need a lot of, uh, I don't need fancy stuff to be happy, and uh, that's kind of what minor league baseball is. You got to you got to love the game to to love playing minor league baseball. But for me, meeting all these people, uh, rubbing shoulders with major league baseball players, stars, Hall of Famers, and stuff like that, it was really really special for me, and uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Scouring the lineups of those teams that you played with, a few familiar names come up. What do you remember about a young Chris Bryant? Uh, <laughs> he was pretty good. Uh, it, was, it was pretty special seeing him play. Uh, he was obviously a little bit older than me at that time. He was polished. Uh, he took professional-style BP, some of the best BP I've seen taken. Um, big, tall, skinny guy, but he, he could hit the ball a mile and a half. And how about suiting up with Trevor Gretzky? <laughs> Funny thing, uh, me and Trevor actually lived together. He's a, he's a really, really good uh, friend of mine. Um, it, was, it was awesome, right? We, we both went through the whole rehab phase together. And uh, we got to know each other really well. And then I actually ended up going back to Trois-Rivières on his recommendation 
because the coach he was on that team and he asked the coach to or not asked but he was asked if he they should trade for me and he was all for it and we ended up playing again at the end of my career which is really cool kind of all went full circle any wayne stories <laughs> i mean there there's some um one of my favorites i guess would be uh one time trevor hurt his hamstring and he was in the training training room and uh wayne just walked right up through the clubhouse doors something where nobody else is supposed to go uh, anyhow went and saw trevor and was talking to him and stuff like that um but later on that night when we were back at home Trevor starts giving his dad a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a little bit of attitude about just walking up there. And then uh, Wayne just turned to Trevor. He goes, I got invited to the White House. I don't have to ask to go in the clubs or the Cubs <laughs> A-ball clubhouse. So, I don't know. He, he was a great guy, and he was really supportive of us the whole time, and uh, he was a part of it. So it was really cool to get to meet him and the family, and they're, they're really good people. Very cool. Any other favorite players you got to spend time with in the minors or guys that maybe made you go, whoa, as you watch them go through BP or or play the game itself? Well, yeah, I, I guess, uh, man, that whole Cubs team that I got drafted with was absolutely crazy. Uh, Jorge Soler, Javi Baez, Albert Amora, uh, Dan Vogelback, Wilson Contreras. It was just a loaded roster of all-star players. But I'll, I say it all the time, the most talented baseball player I've ever seen play the game is Javi Baez. He had the ball a quarter mile, great shortstop. He was absolutely unbelievable, so... After 2018, you come back home, you start your coaching career. How important was it for you to remain in the game and try to give back to it here in Alberta? Oh, you know, I mean, obviously it all circles back to the love of the game for me. So being able to give back to the community and try and find a way to uh, grow the game here and give guys some awareness and some a place to get better day in and day out, even if you're not the, the highest level player, but to try and grow them and make them a college level baseball player and have some of the experiences I had is just, it's, it's special, right? And it's, it's exciting to do. Mm-hmm. Last time you and I chatted was right when the ECBC team came aboard. They officially had their, their first season and we did a little bit of a preview. So it's been a while since we've been able to check in looking back on that experience. What did it mean to you in terms of learning more about yourself as a coach? Well, there's a whole lot more to the game than just coaching the game, right? There's a bunch of stuff behind the scenes that people never really understand, and it gives you a lot more respect for how much work the coaches actually did. Um, That's probably the biggest lesson I learned. Um, The other thing is is just take care of the person, and the person will take care of the results, right? you got to have everybody's back and be in their corner and try and grow each person individually because – Baseball is a game built on failure, and it can get really, really lonely at times. So you want to be there for them. It doesn't mean cater to their every need or anything like that, but just be a a place where they can go to support and try and give them as much help as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. It's propelled you towards a few different opportunities in the Edmonton region. Had it not been for COVID, you would have joined the Edmonton Riverhawks in their inaugural season last summer. What did it mean to you to be even mentioned in that conversation then eventually be named the pitching coach? Well, you know, it, it's it's pretty cool to uh, have a team of that caliber in the area, right? Um, West Coast League, like, there's going to be big leaders that roll through the city all the time now. And to just be in, in mention to be a coach is an honor. And then ultimately to be uh, be a pitching coach for that team is incredibly special. Um, I can't wait to, the, to see the product that we get going on down there and to have all these players showcased in front of a ton of fans, 5,000 fans hopefully. And, you know, just really show Edmonton – that next step of baseball that we haven't seen in a long time since uh, the Capitals or the Trappers were here, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna be special down there, and it's it's extremely exciting. What excites you most about that opportunity from a coaching perspective, from a pitcher's perspective, heading into next summer? 
Well, it's going to be better baseball players than I've ever worked with, right? Obviously, I've played with guys of that caliber and stuff like that. But being a coach and trying to teach them but not over-teach them, and that balance is going to be special. Also, just kind of the, uh, the, the, the competition factor of it, right? Trying to run a bullpen excellently and, and doing all that stuff is going to be really cool. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be lear- uh, a big learning curve. But uh, it's really exciting to, to work with a 99-mile-an-hour arm, see him be a closer, and then the, the thumber, the slider guy, and try and fit everybody into the right spot and make them the best version of themselves, right? Because that's kind of at that level – the situation you put those guys in has to be a situation where they're going to succeed um, and trying to figure out each person individually is going to be really neat. How challenging do you think it's going to be in terms of managing some of those arms as well? Because that's always the thing with college baseball players is uh, they might be on pitch counts or they might be on certain expectations about what they what their involvement is in summer league teams. So how challenging do you see that playing into into your workload heading into next summer? Well, I, I think the the biggest thing is you got to take a big picture point of view on it, right? When you get the uh, the limitations, the innings limit, uh, they're only coming up for two months or whatever. Just take that as exactly what they want, what they're going to do, right? There's no leeway with that stuff for me. Um, so, if they're going to come up for a month, they're going to be able to pitch for a month, right? It's not really up to me. They're going down to their college, and their coach is going to tell me what they want. And that's exactly what they're going to get. I'm not going to try and push a kid to go out there and risk any injury or to take away from his career, right? Because we want them to be the best version of themselves moving forward, too. Absolutely. Another big opportunity you've had over the last few years here is being able to join forces with Taylor Burns at AHP. What's that experience been like for you? Oh, it's been great. I mean, me and Taylor go way back. He trained me throughout my whole professional career. Um, and then we've always worked really closely together, just never, uh, I guess, officially with a, with a team together, right? So getting up or getting to join with him and Connor Burns, his little brother, has been really special. Connor was my assistant coach with the uh, ECBC there for a few years and then with Sherwood Park, stuff like that. Um, so we're a very close group and getting to work with your friends is, is awesome. But we also offer a pretty special product, which is maybe what makes me the most proud about uh, HP and that. There's something to be said about, as I think about the the opportunities that have been presented to you since you came back, whether it's ECBC, whether it's Riverhawks, whether it's AHP, is that there's the, the theme of building. How intrigued are you about being able to build something new or to build that reputation, I suppose, of baseball in the capital region? Oh, it's awesome, right? Um, we got a, a huge pool of baseball players. And if you look back through the college ranks uh, over the past 10, 12 years, there's a lot of good ball players that come out of here, right? Um, so we're trying to grab more, bring them in, and make them or let them take the, the next step, right? Uh, a guy like Chaz Wheatley came to us five years ago, and seeing him from where he was five years ago to being a, a Division One pitcher at the University of Iowa, I uh, threw a bullpen with him this morning, and it's just amazing to see, right? So that's kind of what it's all about. You get to take these kids in when they're 15 years old and see what they do when they leave. And it's, it's really special. And then you try and do that to enough guys that eventually Edmonton becomes a powerhouse, right? Or mm-hmm. HP becomes a powerhouse of developing pitchers and hitters and college baseball players. So how much of this is based off that idea that success breeds success? I mean, you've gone through the grind, you know what it takes to get to the pros. You bring that back to these young kids. They can see that roadmap develop. And so all of a sudden they kind of get the ball rolling then they can potentially come back. So it becomes that trickle down effect. How much of what you do is sort of based with that in mind? Well, yeah, it's always important when you're going through new situations to be able to ask someone that's been through a similar situation, right? Um, And then just trying to, for me personally, just trying to give that person my best opinion on what they can do, right? Everybody lives their own life and everybody has their own challenges, but maybe something I say can help them out a little bit and maybe help them get to double A, 
then he comes back, helps them get to AAA. And that's really cool too, right? I never made the big leagues. Um, and if we can create a big leaguer, it's going to feel just as good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the goal. We want to we make a Major League Baseball player and then see what they can do. Mm-hmm. I know you're always passing along great tidbits of advice and coaching on Twitter as well. How important has technology been in helping coach these young athletes, especially during the pandemic? Oh, I mean, during the pandemic especially, but it's really, really hard to be a baseball coach right now if you don't know what they're doing, right? So we get all these results, and we get to gauge how they're growing and then let them grow from there, right? It, it, the, the eye test doesn't really cut anymore. So we have we have uh, we do a bunch of camera work. We do a bunch of Rapsoda work, and being able to watch that progress go along, we have actual evidence of them getting better as they're going through, uh, adjustments that are working for them, adjustments that aren't working for them, and then just trying to make the best program for them to get better each and every day. Um, so it, it's huge, right? And if you're not up in the, the new wave of technology, you're just falling further and further behind, especially now, right? Everybody's got access to so much information just with your cell phone. you got to be expert at analyzing that information. How crazy is it from your perspective to be able to look at some of these tools that they have at their disposal now and be able to dissect, you know, even even just something simple like uh, the way that a player throws a ball, making that little bit of a tweak and letting them see it in real time so that they can make that adjustment instead of having to kind of throw everything against a wall and hope something sticks with them? Oh, absolutely, right? Like you can make adjustments so much quicker now just because someone's throwing hey, get your arm up a little bit higher, whatever the adjustment is. You show them, they're like, oh, I really felt like I did. Well, no, you're not, and here's the proof right there, right? If someone sees what they're doing, they're going to be a lot more bought into making that adjustment. If they can't see it and they, they're trusting their feel over your words, then they're just going to trust their feel, right? It, it, they got to be able to see it to make the adjustment. Everybody's a visual learner, or for the vast majority of people, they learn through uh, visual representation. Mm-hmm. So if you can show them something they got to do and where they got to get to, they're going to be inclined to make that uh, that adjustment. Mm-hmm. What's been the most gratifying part of your return to the capital region and being able to coach and and mentor some of these young athletes? Hmm. Well, I mean, honestly, as far as coming back home, I, I kind of I started I started training with Taylor before AHP was a thing before anything had gotten going with that and then seeing uh, it grown to what it is today that's probably been the most gratifying uh part of this whole process right mm-hmm. all the college baseball players that have came through the same path done the same thing as me but each year the program keeps getting better our program keeps getting better and uh, the players we keep shooting out are getting better and better and better so that's been really special for me and then from I guess a program perspective, getting ECBC up and running, right? There was no college baseball team here five years ago, and now that's a strong program. It's run underneath the River Hawks. It's Edmonton Collegiate Hawks now. So seeing that getting going has been really cool, and it's strong. It's it's growing each year, so pretty proud of that too. Fantastic. As someone who grew up in Western Canada, has gone through the grind yourself, and now being able to give back, you've obviously been able to speak with these young athletes. When it comes to mindset, when it comes to battling through and getting through the day-to-day and and dreaming big dreams, what's your biggest piece of advice to them as they dream the same dreams that you had? Check your ego, right? Uh, So many people nowadays are just horrified of failure, right? Especially a sport like baseball, 
pretty much anything in life. You got to be willing to fail before you get better and not being embarrassed about your failure, mm-hmm. learning from it and getting better, right? Um, we can't let the ego, what people, other people think about us, get in the way of us growing each and every day. And that's a huge mental block that a lot of athletes have because everybody wants to be the best. They don't want to kind of start at step one to get to step 10, right? They mm-hmm. want to skip all of those uh, in-between steps. But if you're willing to check your ego and be co- not comfortable or content with failure, but being ready to uh, adapt when that happens, it, it's really big for, uh, for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Final question for you here, Ethan. As we always ask, what does the game of baseball mean to you? <laughs> well, for me, it's kind of been my whole life since I was I turned 16, right? I, I drove in an hour and a half every day uh, since I was 16 with Prospects Baseball Academy and haven't really stopped playing or coaching baseball ever since, right? The longest I've gone has been maybe a month, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's uh it means a lot to me. And I hope to uh, pass some of the stuff that I've learned over the years down to the next generation and see where we can get to. Well, and you're certainly on your way there, Ethan. Congratulations on all the success you've had to this point in your baseball career, both as a player and as a coach. Continued success going forward. Thanks so much for sharing your story and joining us here on the podcast. Well, of course. Thanks very much for having me. You guys do a great job, and I look forward to hearing it. Thanks again to Ethan Elias for joining us this week. And as always, thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. Just a heads up, we'll have a couple more episodes for you before we take a bit of a winter break. So stay tuned for more great conversations like the one you just heard. We'd also like to take a moment to tip our caps to our Platinum supporters for all they do. The Okotoks Dogs are primed and ready to get started with the 2022 WCBL season. Not only has the schedule come out, but the Dogs will be hosting the league all-star game. Head to dogsbaseball.com for all those details and AHP Academy which was formed this year to provide a new experience for young baseball players in the Edmonton region their goal is to get players not only ready for the next level but to excel there as well to learn more about them head to ahpbaseball.com and if you or your organization want to help us heading into 2022 like the Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.